Good evening. It's Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. Happy hump day. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Hi, Stephanie. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's time. You guys don't even know how I think about this all week, and I still have no idea what I'm going to talk about until I start talking. So let's get started with something I'm good at for sure. Uh, three cheers of joy. So tonight I have, well, I had a poppy Malbec. It's my first time having a Malbec, and I tried Malbec, and it's um, it's a full body red too, but it's got a little sweet twist at the end, and I like it, right? So that's why I said I had it, because I finished it, and then I had to open a bottle of Cab to get, to get through the... Um, I had to open a bottle of cab to get me through the show tonight. So cheers. This is my 50 years of joy glass that I got from Valerie Williams Tucker, Valerie Tucker Williams. So I thought I'd drink out of that tonight. I haven't used that in a minute. So three cheers of joy, just in case you've forgotten. It's three moments of self-celebration. Have nothing to do with anybody else, just you. What are you celebrating? So let me start. Between last week and this week, what will I start? Well. My first celebration today is that I've been consistently exercising. So I'm really excited about that. I have um, today on Wednesday, I have over 60,000 steps already. So that's about, I think I did about eight or nine miles today. So um, I'm really kind of getting in this groove of it. My body is craving it. I'm waking up for it. I get me a nice brisk walk after work. So I'm just trying to get my mind to get in a good place because y'all know I'm quick to lose my shit. So cheers to walking and exercising every day for more than a month now. So remember I started with the yoga, the 30 days of yoga, which I never finished. I did 29 out of 30 days and I figured that was enough. <laughs> I'll just intermittently put some yoga in there. So cheers to exercising about every day and just kind of owning my heart health. So cheers to that. My second cheer of joy is, what am I, what else am I celebrating this week? You know, I'm celebrating that I've made it through work this week because I think I've thought about quitting every day for about two weeks. <laughs> but we do go to spring break next week. So that's my saving grace is like I'm counting down the days. And we've had a lot of teachers out. We've had to cover classes for other teachers and there wasn't really a break. So I am happy that I've made it through um, Wednesday and I have Thursday and Friday to go. And then I'll be on spring break for a week. I can regroup for the next 46 days, school days, actually 46 school days. So cheers to making it through the work week, even though I've thought about quitting several times. So cheers to that. My first year of joy was exercising consistently and really putting in the effort to do so. And then my second year of joy so far is I made it through the work week without quitting. And I think I like having, this may not be different from anybody else, but I like having a check every two weeks knowing that it's going to come. So I'm kind of stuck on that. And I, you know, we get conditioned that way. And I've been that way since I started working back in 1984, that just wanting a check, right? So, um, you know, but it's consistent. The insurance is good. The benefits are good. It's just, it gets exhausting sometimes. So cheers to that. Now my third cheer of joy, let me think of something good. My third cheer of joy is that, oh, I haven't given into the panic of the coronavirus. I haven't given into the panic of the coronavirus. 
um, I just kind of liken it to a flu, to the flu, right? Um, I can't do anything about a flu vaccine because I'm allergic to eggs, so I can't take a flu vaccine. So if the coronavirus is a different strain of the flu virus, as it said, then I can't do anything about that either. Just what I always do, wash my hands, don't put stuff in my mouth, don't play in my eyes, and just be aware of my surroundings. So I haven't gotten caught up in the hoopla of that. Um, in either way, there are some people that are like, take advantage of these cheap flights. And there are other people that are like, don't leave the house, you know? So I'm still kind of in the middle because you guys know that I feel like I can see myself through things. And I don't feel like this is something that's gonna necessarily impact me personally. Um, if it does impact me, then it's just time for me to be impacted by it. But otherwise I can't, I don't wanna panic about it because there's so much other stuff going on that I don't wanna lose any tracking. So those are my three cheers of joy. Let me drink to the not getting caught up with the coronavirus hoopla. It's out there. We know that, but I can't be consumed by it. So cheers. My first cheer of joy was exercising consistently. And I hope you guys are exercising too. We have to keep our heart pumping. What is it? Lub dub, lub dub, lub dub. That's the noise it makes when you get to hear it. So we got to keep our hearts pumping. The second cheer of joy was not quitting work when I wanted to because I like getting a paycheck. <sighs> the struggle. And then the third cheer of joy was not getting caught up with the coronavirus. Um, all the hoopla. Being aware of it is very important and educating people around me with the information that I have and trying to keep people safe. All of that plays into it, but that doesn't go any different than stuff I do every day. Wash your hands, get some hand sanitizer, don't touch me, get out of my space. Same thing over and over and over. So, you know, it's a part of who we are right now and we have to um, uh, kind of be aware that these things happen, you know. Um, you know, it, the, the strands change, they change every year. We had a big SARS outbreak, um, what was it, 2008? Oh, probably more recent, than, yeah, 2008, I think, or maybe more recent, SARS came, you know, so then we had the same thing with SARS. We have the flu every year. and always impacts our older population. And I'm almost the older population. So give me about 15, 16 more years, I'm gonna be in that population that they're warning about. And, um, but in the meantime, we just keep living, right? Try to do our best every day. So those are my three cheers of joy. It's Wednesday, March 11th. I can't believe we're already into mid-March. It seems like we were just saying Happy New Year, right? So now we're about to finish the first quarter of the year, um, which brings me to, Joy Exposed is almost a year old on April 11th. So a month from today, Joy Exposed will be one year old. I cannot believe it. I'm excited about that. Um, just to go back and listen to the podcast and listen to the growth and the amount of information that I'm able to share, wherever it's coming from, I'm able to share it. And that makes me really pleased that you know, it's some good information that I'm able to put out there. And some of that, did, some is wacky too, but you know, most of it is good information and um, I'm still learning. So it's almost a year old. And also um, today was the anniversary of my book, my first book, three years old, I think three years going to um, the editor. So that's a big deal because um, we have literally, 
now there are four books out. There's a fifth one written sitting on my computer and a sixth one I'm writing. So it's that's fast. So let's see. Yeah, three years ago today, um, my first book went to uh, the editor and I was I, rem I was so nervous about it. I'm looking at the thing, um, at the picture on Facebook and I covered my, I don't know if you can see it. You guys thought on it. Yeah, I covered the name of it up with the, uh, an emoji because I was afraid somebody was going to steal the name of my book. <laughs> but then you realize when you do stuff like that, you're so protective over it because you don't want anybody to steal it. And then you realize nobody gives a shit. <laughs> They're not, nobody's waiting to steal it. You know, once it becomes really popular, then people will do spinoffs and that kind of stuff on it. But otherwise, nobody cared about the name of my book, which I thought it was perfect. Then, ah, but you know, Nobody's even touched it. Well, that I know of. So, you know, but I was proactive in buying the web address for it and, you know, that kind of thing. So I did kind of do some prelim work on it, keeping it safe and protecting it. But when you're writing and sharing that, your intellectual property, your biggest fear, I think, is somebody stealing it and taking it to the altar before you get to take it to the altar. So, uh, so now that's out, Virtues of Joy, More Virtues of Joy, More Virtues of Joy 3. Those are all out and they seem to be pretty safe. So, and, you know, they've been copywritten and all of that. So, you know, no need to um, panic on that. Hey, LaShondra. So no need to panic on it anymore, but it has been three years. I can't believe that. Um, so that should be a celebration. So I'll drink to that anyway. So that means the book, the uh, more, I mean, ugh, The Virtues of Joy came out in April. I think it was about April 7th. So that's another celebration that we'll have in the month of April. And I guess I'll have to get some prizes and do some giveaways so we can celebrate so much in April. And it'll be springtime and we're all ready for the damn springtime. I know I am. Hopefully when the temperatures increase, this coronavirus will settle down because you know these viruses usually happen in those um, humid kind of cool, those kind of wet or moist cool months, you know, flu season. And once it get heated up out there, they usually settle down. So hopefully that's gonna be the case. But we really don't wanna have a summer like this pre-spring that we're having right now. So we'll see and we'll just keep our fingers crossed and just keep living, right? That's exactly what we're gonna do. All right. so. Let me share a story with you guys. My son is turning 17 on Saturday. Now, I'm, I've been the non-custodial parent since he was six. And so for his birthday, which is always around spring break, he and I always travel or did something together because he was with me, a non-custodial parent. So now he's 17. And I've been trying to make plans for spring break for his birthday for months, right? What are we gonna do for spring break? He's like, I don't know. What are we gonna do for spring break? I don't know. So I was just kind of like, well, I'm gonna chill because he knows we do something. So if he's not making plans, then he doesn't want to make plans, right? So I just chilled on it. So today when I picked him up, cause it's Wednesday, he had a bad day today. So let's see, he called me Sunday. I called him Monday. 
and I called him Tuesday. I never talked to him Monday or Tuesday. And then I called him again this morning and he answers the phone. He's frazzled. It's like 7.30. Hello. Hi, mom. I'm like, hi, son. I was trying to call you back for the last couple of days. And he said, blah, blah. He was mumbling something. And then he was like, damn it. And I was like, okay. He's like, I'm just gonna have to call you back. And I was like, okay. And he hung up the phone, so I let him go. So I talked to him later, and he just talked about what a bad day he was having. He was like, I overslept. I didn't get up in time to go over my biology stuff one more time. I didn't make the grade I wanted on the biology test. So he's just giving me the lay of the land, like why his day sucked. And I said to him, I said, oh, I said, when you start cussing and acting like that, I figure out it's something that's going to cost me money. Like, I figured you broke your phone or you messed up your computer or you, you know, whatever. And he says, are you serious? And I said, yeah, that's always been the way. And he said, well, you don't have to make my bad days about you anymore. I'm responsible now completely for my own bad days. And today was a bad day. And I was just looking at him like, wow, I've been relieved of my mom duties of recover and rescue, right? So, you know, he and I talked a little bit more, not to mention the reason I called him this morning is because I woke up and his his debit account, his checking account was negative. And I was like, uh, what? Because his is connected to mine. So that means when his is negative, it pulls money out of mine. And so I was like, what? So I transferred some money to clear that up. And I was calling him to tell him that I transferred him money, which he didn't ask for. And now I'm thinking, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, is that coddling him? Is that protecting him? Should I have waited until he asked me or waited until he resolved it? You know, so I got to really think back, think better about that. Because, you know, the kids have had, I think Joya had her first debit account when she was like, 13 and she's 26 so she's always had an account connected to mine jasmine had hers and quentin had his so that was really kind of my thing to make sure they had money to spend or access to it and then they kind of eventually went on and did their own thing joya left and she got her own account jasmine did the same thing got her own account and now quentin's almost 17 does that mean it's time he's going to do it on his own and i don't have to kind of baby him through it, which that's the goal, right? We want to raise adults. So that's my goal is to raise adults. But I was really impressed that he was able to articulate that no longer was I to make his hard times or his bad days about me. Like I didn't have to feel responsible for his bad days that he had it. So I was really, I, it took me a moment to kind of process it and to see if I was ready to relinquish that, right? Because, you know, these are your kids and this is my youngest kid. So that means... I don't have anybody else to follow up on, right? So now that, you know, I have, they're kind of, they're grown up and they're taking care of themselves and he's entering that adult phase where he feels like he can. So I guess I should celebrate that too. So cheers to kids growing up and doing their own thing. Which leads to when I went to drop him off at home, I asked him, I said, uh, so what are we going to, I said, look, what are you doing Friday after school? I was thinking that we could all get together and have dinner and celebrate your birthday. Cause I figured he had plans on Saturday for his birthday, but I didn't, I'm not trying not to be pushy on it. Cause 
he's a grown, growing man and he can make decisions and he can drive and, you know, he has friends and they got stuff to do, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, what if we get together with your sisters on Friday and we can have dinner, celebrate your birthday? I said, and we can kind of throw our family meeting in there since we didn't get to have our family meeting. And he's like, I don't know, mom, you know, I'm not really sure of my plans yet. His voice is all deep. And I just looked at him and I just got a little misty and I was thinking like, okay, because you know what? That's what men do. That's what adults do. Adults make their own plans. And I don't want to um, impede or take over or, you know, that kind of thing. So it made me a little bit, a little melancholy, I guess, thinking of him as a almost a man and making decisions on his own for what he wants to do. So I can dig that, right? So, you know, we'll see what we do for his birthday. Meanwhile, I'll send him... Um, I'll put some money in his account for his birthday. No one ever turns down money, right? <laughs> so I'll definitely put some money in his account for his birthday and um, just wish him well. And eventually he'll figure out how to celebrate with mom. We are out all next week, so he'll figure out. We aren't traveling this year, which I'm, I was stressed about us not planning something, but now with the coronavirus, I'm happy that we didn't plan anything because now they don't want you to go on a cruise ship. They're canceling events. They're warning you about flights. So I'm happy that, you know, that plan, that thinking so far ahead of time, because I am a planner, didn't really come to fruition because then we would have been trying to scramble to figure out what to do or how to get our money back. So that's that. All right. So first, next thing, I need for you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, I definitely need you guys to subscribe to my YouTube channel because I need subscribers. Ta-da! So I'll put a link, and if you haven't subscribed already, please do. All of these podcasts are downloaded to YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, YouTube, um, within probably 48 hours. Sometimes it's longer when I'm tired or something and I can't get it done. but um, I think I have about 54 videos on YouTube right now. So I've got my videos on YouTube and um, just trying to get the channel to grow. So if you haven't subscribed to me on YouTube, subscribe to me on YouTube. That would be awesome. I would appreciate that. Um, okay. So let's see. My lipstick tonight is by e.l.f. And I bought this from Target. So if you guys don't know yet, I'm obsessed not obsessed in a bad way, but the two things on my body that I tend to, I mean, other than bathing and cleaning all the nooks and crannies, the two things that I spend extra time on, my lips and my feet. So I take care of my lips like nobody's business because they're important to me. I talk, people look at them, I kiss, people, you know, the people, the people I kiss. Yeah, the people I kiss, they touch them. You know, I my lips are important to me. So I spend a lot of time talking, taking care of them. And I use lip balms and creams and stuff and those little um, scrubs to try to keep my lips smooth. I've always been really particular about my lips. So tonight I use the uh, gloss. And that's funny because sometimes when I wear color, People will send me messages and say, what color lipstick did you have on? Or what was that lip gloss? Or And I'm like, oh. So I have on an e.l.f. It's called e.l.f. And it's a um, lip lacquer. 
and I got it from Target. And it makes my lips look really just smooth and shining and a little sparkle to them. So I like that one, but I probably own about 20 different lip things from different color lipsticks to lip glosses, gold, silvers, something with a red hue, lip, red matte, you know, like I, I buy stuff for my lips all the time. So I really take care of my lips. And then my feet, I always, always, always take care of my feet. And so that's important to me, like, because my feet take me places, right? So if you don't take care of your feet, shit, and they start aching, what are you going to do? So I've always taken care of my feet and I spend a lot of time with them doing some yoga for my feet and um, just rubbing them. Even when I'm mindlessly doing something, I find myself rubbing my feet or putting some oil on them or um, just kind of wiggling my toes, just keep the blood circulating. And I, you know, for me, it's like, I don't want to get older. And then if I have some kind of disorder, diabetes or whatever, you know, they start when your blood starts, stops going to your feet they, and they start dying off, they'll amputate. And I don't really want that. So I'm trying to figure out how to maximize the use of my feet because they're what take me places, right? So um, as a matter of fact, on Saturday, last Saturday, I was sitting outside with um, some neighbors and some my grandbaby and one of the little girls that comes over to visit her grandmother and we were sitting outside on a blanket and I literally sat there and polished their toenails like I just I just think that it's important to teach young people to take care of their feet and there are a lot of people who are like I'm not gonna touch somebody's feet and they get all wigged out about it and I'm like Shit, I'm taking care of my feet I don't care I'll take care of my feet my faceless love I'm gonna take care of his feet like all of that is important to me I'm definitely I'm and I don't have like a foot fetish, but I am particular about the way my shoes look and my sandals, the way my toes look, um, the way my feet feel when I'm walking in flats and sneakers and heels. All of that's important to me and I'm not going to mistreat my feet. So you hear that? Ooh. Pouring some wine. So all of that's important to me. So I definitely take care of my feet. Um, I put a, a oil on them. I do a scrub, a eucerin cream. Sometimes I put like this glitter kind of oil on them just to make them look really pretty when I have on some great sandals. Any kind of moisturizer, I'm constantly rubbing my feet down. Like they're important to me. And I polish my toes probably once a week. That's my thing to kind of reset too is I always polish my toes. Um, hi there, Jasmine. Hi, Miss Diane. Yeah, so we, I always make sure I uh, take care of my feet. And I, you know, even my grandbaby, she knows she's three. And when it's time to polish toes, she sits there and she lets me polish her toes. So that's important. If you don't take care of your feet, you should start. It's very important. And if you're in a relationship, take care of, make sure your partner's feet are taken care of. You take care of his and he takes care of yours or whatever, but pay attention to the thing that's going to get you places because your feet will take you there. Yep. 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 Your feet will take you there. All right. So that's that for my little thing about feet. I didn't even mean to plan to talk about that, but oh, well, here we are. And this is what we do. When joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Right? So One of the things I talk about on the show, I'm going to talk about this real quick because I want to spend some more time on it later. I took a, one of the ladies I work with, she's 
phenomenal lady. I mean, she is a Christian devout and she walks the walk, right? She talks the talk, she walks the walk. That's who she is. However, not however in a bad way, but she and I have connected and become friends at work. And so she knows that I too believe that there's something greater to me and I don't necessarily have a label on it. Christianity, God, I use all of it interchangeably. I talk about the universe. I talk about God. I talk about Jesus. I talk about being a Christian. I talk about all of it interchangeably because I, I don't feel the need I have to define. I don't have to define what it is I do. All I know is there's something greater than me and I'm walking in the light. I have a purpose here and I'm walking in the light. So she and I have connected and we've had some amazing conversations and we've become friends and we've become friends. So, um, hold on. My grandbaby's trying to break into the door. Let me let her mommy know. So I have, um, so, uh, I have, um, was talking to her about being on my path to greatness, right? So I'm going on my path to greatness. Well, she gave me this, um, spirituality gift survey to take so it's electronic it's like 88 questions and they ask you all these questions about yourself like how you feel about other people like um are you always empathetic do you feel like you need to fix people's problems do you feel like you need to buy people's stuff do you feel like you have to keep track of every dollar when you give people money, do you have to keep track of their dollars? And it's like 88 just different questions. So I was answering the questions. And then of course you have to answer honestly because it's about your spiritual gifts. So I was going through answering the questions as honestly as possible. And as I was answering, I was like, oh shit, I don't have any spiritual gifts. I cannot be answering these questions right. Because I was reading them in my mind, I'm looking at what I think the answer should be, what it wasn't my answer. Like another person would fill this out and would choose all the right answers. And I was filling them out based on me and the answers for me. Well, <laughs> I got through the whole survey and I just realized, I just thought it's going to be like heathen. Like it's going to be like, you're a heathen, get the hell away from anything. You don't have any spiritual gifts. <laughs> But when the results came up, surprisingly, my top three were administration. That means the leader of the ship. At the helm of the ship, I'm leading the way. Um, shepherding, which is like a pastor. And third was teaching, giving information. Those were my top three. And I started laughing because I realized even in my writings and doing the joy exposed and interacting with people in a sense that I'm not looking for a financial something, right? So I'm not seeking money. I'm open to it for making a living, of course. But when I um, went through and read what each of them were talking about, I realized when I'm saying I'm walking in my light, I'm actually walking in my light. So I was very pleased to see that and also that it wasn't biased. Like no one, I have a problem with humans telling you what you should be or what you should do. I have a problem with that because I feel like our gift is so much greater than what the human 
can encompass. Like that nobody is given, nobody is given a blueprint on us. We try our best with our children because we want to guide them through the rough times, get them through the rough stuff and get them in a good place. And we feel like we know the place for them, but we still have to take into account that they are humans and they do have their own path and they do have to do their own trial and error and learning and getting to where God has placed them, got what God has chosen for them. So we have to be careful and not be overbearing with our children and them doing what we want them to do, but guiding them in a direction of doing the thing that's of them, that they have been chosen to do. So I really have a problem with people telling you what you should do. And I've been like that for a long time. I mean, I'm talking my mom, my dad, my granddad, my uncle, my like i literally have a problem with people trying to tell me oh i see you doing this or you should because i feel like a lot of that is self-serving so i'm i'm reluctant to offer my earthly opinion on somebody's movements now because i do i am in a position of leadership of children i do have to guide them on doing what's right integrity, character, teaching, decision-making, critical thinking, how to accept the consequences, how to accept their actions, those things. But to literally put them in a place of saying, you do this or you should do this when you're going to grow up to be, that to me is self-serving. And I don't, that's not a gift that I have. Like God hasn't given me that because I don't get to see the whole picture of anybody. I only see me and I see it in bits and pieces because the stuff that's behind me, if I haven't learned from it or picked up some wisdom and from my experiences, then I'm lost in that too. So that's the thing that I'm supposed to do with that. So taking the spiritual gifts inventory was really good for me. And I would suggest it for anybody. If you if you're looking to find out what your spiritual gifts are. Now it's not hard set in stone. However, it will give you a different outlook on who you are from a spiritual sense, from a source that has studied what it, the Bible, studied people, movements, living, and it's part psychology, I'm sure. Taking these questions and putting them in a, putting you in a position to answer them, to kind of judge where you are. Because it says, it specifically said that, um, let me tell you the lowest of mine. It's out of nine different gifts. My lowest was serving. <laughs> My lowest was serving and giving was 10 and mercy was 10. So I was tied. So my three lowest was serving, giving, and mercy. <laughs> and remember, this is what's funny. I'm telling you guys this. Remember, I. I said, when we talked about Kobe Bryant, I don't have a sorrow place. Remember, I said that very specifically. I don't exist in a place of sorry. So I saw sorrow. So I don't have a mercy. This is what you chose. Knock yourself out. Like literally. So that's kind of funny that mercy was towards the bottom for me. And then serving is for the bottom of me too. I, Cause I'm, I, that's not me. Like it's literally not me. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to serve. Like I, not that I'm, I can, I think, and I have, but it's not a place that I will stay for very long. I think the person who has the most luck of me serving is probably 
my husband, wherever he is, <laughs> he's gonna be the person that has the most luck with that because I don't feel obligated to a, I don't feel obligated to a space of servitude. I'm even when I wrote in my book about being a dominatrix, I wanted somebody of serv servitude as my um. Oh my God, what do you call? Oh, I wanted somebody in servitude to me, right? So I was the dom, like I needed somebody to serve me. So, and that's for real, right? So all of these things, they seem kind of crazy and offbeat, but I can go through and look in my whole, I can look through my life and see why these things fall at the bottom because they're just not me. It's not who I am and I'm honest about it. So we have to, uh, you know, kind of pay attention to those. So if you're interested, look online and do a spiritual gift survey. It was a lot of fun. And I, you know, I don't know that I learned a lot about myself. It definitely reinforced things that I already knew about myself. So I'll go with it there. It definitely, um, can I put the link up so we can take, yeah, absolutely. I'll put that up, Melissa. I'll put it up. Sure will. So it definitely re, uh, reaffirm things that I thought I knew. And also when I say that I'm walking in my light, I've found it. I'm walking in my light. These are my areas of strength. These are things that are coming natural to me and I'm finding a way to put them out there to offer leadership. And I say, what do I say? I'm leading people to freedom one publication at a time. You want to get to a place of understanding who you are? Keep rocking out with me. We'll do it one week at a time. So we got it. All right. So that was my spiritual gift survey and I'll put the link up so that you can do that. And um, we're going to get on to our hot topic for tonight. And it's about moving forward here. It's about um, cheating, right? So, you know, this comes up a lot. And I had like, usually as a woman, when I'm talking to a woman about her man cheating, or even myself, if my guy is cheating or has cheated, and I don't really like to use cheating um as the descriptive for a couple of reasons grown-ups make decisions so if my man decides to spend time or be with somebody else he's not cheating me out of anything that's a decision that he's made whatever he's doing isn't taken away from me so that's how i look at it a lot of people don't see it that way they see it as cheating so i had a conversation today <laughs> early this morning y'all don't even know half the shit i'll be talking about so i had a conversation this morning with a woman who was talking about she was dating a man but he was a liar so that's easy so she was like well, i don't know if i want to keep dating him because he's a liar well a man that's a liar is what a liar there's you don't have to decide if you want to keep dating him now if you're dating a liar and you know he's a liar that means you can't complain about what his lying because you dating him is accepting that he's a liar well when she went on telling me about him and being a liar she just kind of was saying how she doesn't really judge anybody about their sexual preferences and you know people can do the stuff they like to do now as a heterosexual woman i was thinking well, he must really like some freaky stuff if she's talking about his sexual things he likes and she's not judging him <laughs> so we go on to talk and talk and she says he he wants to be into her he's interested in only being with her but she doesn't believe him 
And I'm like, well, why don't you believe him? She's like, well, you know, his mama told me he's a liar. He was lying when we were together. He's going to still be lying, hiding and sneaking. So I'm like, what kind of man just lie like that? Like, damn, if you know you're going to be out with other people, with other women, be out with other women. Like, hey, I'm just trying to kick it with you, but we're not together. I'm going to do some other stuff. That's me. Remember, no mercy. I, be straight up with me. Right. So she, I'm so, I'm like, well, how do you know that he's seeing other people? She said, well, she came across a video that was on the computer of him in a sexual act. And I was like, oh my God, he just had it up on the computer. Like, what kind of crap is that? Like, ain't it private? Like, don't you keep your videos on your phone or hidden somewhere? Like, in on the computer, a, a, not even your computer, somebody else's computer is on there. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe he wanted her to see. Anyway, he's got this video on the computer of him making love to a man. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what? So she said he's on the video with another man. Yes. So I'm like, okay, well, what did you say? What did you say to him? And she said, well, he said, of course, it wasn't him. But she said it was him because she could see his face. It was him. So I was like, well, then, that, you know, that's a lie. And then, of course, because I'm inquisitive, because that's what I do. I asked, I said, was he giving or taking? She said he was taking. I said, and you can see his face. And she said, it was him. Like, I know what he looks like. It was him. So I was like, well, why won't he just be honest and say he's bisexual? Like, why won't he be honest and say that he enjoys being with you and he enjoys being with men too? And she said she doesn't know. So it was, a, we had a whole long conversation, probably 30 minutes talking about it. Because, you know, this is stuff you have to process. Because like I said, as a heterosexual woman, if I think about my man being with somebody, I'm thinking about my man being with another woman. It didn't cross my mind that he's with a man. But I think that's pretty prevalent these days that people get to share in that way. So I ask, because I am who I am, I said, well, aren't you going to have to like buy a strap on or something? <laughs> Well, you have to get a, well, why don't you try a strap on and see if he likes that? That might cut down on it. And she said, I did. I said, oh, I bet he liked that. And she said, yeah, but so did I. I was like, okay, y'all boundaries outside of the scope of my mind. So all that to bring up this topic of cheating. What does it look like to you? We're very, people are very, streamline like they have very narrow in their thoughts on what sharing their partner looks like and if they would be open to sharing their partner male or female so we have to kind of consider that i saw a post 
uh, somebody made and it was talking about how women, white, married, single, go on girls trips and they go get drunk and hang out and they play around together, right? So you got two women or three, a group of women go out, hang out, party. And I mean, I've been around women and I, I've written about it in my book. I've kissed a woman before. I've seen women and thought they were attractive and wonder how they smell. So I don't really have issues talking about that kind of stuff. I don't even have an issue with the idea of being with a woman. I just haven't been with a woman. And I'm not interested in being with a woman because I love men. But I don't have a problem with it because I know how powerful it is being in the presence of someone who's sexually enticing that you're attracted to. So I don't knock that. Like I don't, people do what they want to do. I don't, that ain't for me. Like I said earlier, I don't judge anybody. I can't, it's out of my, I can't judge. Like I'm not even capable of it. So when people do stuff that feels good to them, whatever it is, and they engage in situations that they find pleasure and we are of the flesh, with flesh and our flesh will respond before our mind does. So I'm trying to figure out what does it have to look like for a man or a woman to choose to be intimate outside of the structure, the confines of their relationship. Would you want to know prior to your partner going out and being with somebody else? Or would you rather they did it and didn't tell you about it? Or would you rather they did it and then they told you about it? So those are questions that I have. Like, what does that look like to you? I think I'll use me because, you know, I don't, y'all know, I'll tell it all. Don't bother me. Um, I think that if my guy decided that he wanted to be with another woman, I don't think I want to know. I don't, I honestly don't think it has anything to do with me. I think if he chose to be with another woman and he took into consideration that we're in a relationship that my safety, our safety is of importance to him and he's going to protect us. Now, that being said, if our relationship is that way, that also means that the standard is set that I could share myself with another man if that's what I chose to do. I firmly believe men set the standard for what the relationship is. Now, the difference with men and women and being in these extra relationships, those side quickie sex $40 things, they don't mean shit to men. <laughs> men aren't going to tell you that because they don't want you to think they spend $40 for some quickie sex or some head, but they do. And those things don't mean anything to men. Women, when they find when they're found out, the women, their women have a bigger problem with it because they spend more time talking about it than the man even cares to hear about it. Cause he doesn't care. Once it's over, done, he's done with it. He doesn't even have to go back to it again. The problem comes in when men develop these emotional relationships outside of their marriage or committed relationship that they're in, that becomes a problem because then they're living this kind of duplicitous kind of life. Like they got this over here and then they're managing this over here. And then that's really a fucked up place for a man to put a woman in. And women do it too. Women are married and then they've got a boyfriend. I mean, everybody does. I think that not 
Well, everybody doesn't, but a lot of people do. I think the most important thing is recognizing that you're an adult and you have to decide the best thing that's right for you. And you're responsible for letting the other person know. It's not a sneak, a sneaky, quickie thing, right? It's kind of like, hey, I'm in this relationship. I'm seeking something else. I'm not being fulfilled right now, or I want, you got to be able to try, you got to try to talk through it. The more you talk through these things, probably the closer you're going to get with your partner because you're sharing intimately and openly about things that you want. And it's not as simple as sex. Sex in itself is a basic, a basic physical need. And if you're dealing with someone who's driven by sex, just a basic sex without an intimate Without an intimate, um, loving, sharing, they're, that's a base, they're in a basic space. They might as well be just now discovering sex, and that's the only thing they want. So you have to kind of figure out how that's going to work for you. If you're looking for intimacy and you're dating a person who's going to go to the grocery store and get some bread and then fuck somebody on the way back, you need to probably, if you want something greater, you're going to have to get somebody else because somebody who operates at that level, they're, they're at an extremely basic level of thought if they're driven by sex that much. So you, you know that very quickly. You know it. You can look at the way that you guys met. You can look at the way that you guys interacted. If you have somebody that you've been hooking up with and then all of a sudden you're trying to drag them into a relationship, want, want, bad for you. Yeah, don't do that. You know, can't drag... Yes, basic, basic as fuck. So you can't, you can't drag somebody into a relationship because you want to be in there or because you want to keep them. That's your personal issue. So if you're in a relationship with someone and intimacy, uh, you want a relatability, um, if that's what you want, shared emotions, but you end up with somebody who is driven by sex and you're trying to drag them to a place of intimacy, you're not going to be able to do that. That's not how it works. You're not going to get them to understand what it means to caress and touch and nibble and bite every part of your body and to lay in it like and to be there with you all night and lay in it and sleep and wake up and eat and that you're not it's going to be they're going to have sex pass out and they'll be ready to get up and go like there is a distinct difference for somebody trying to fuck you and somebody trying to love you and we really have to pay attention to that so i think what i would like for people to understand is when you're looking and talking about cheating Whatever that person decides to do, what you do is the most important thing. What you do for yourself is the most important thing. Crying, kicking, screaming, wham, 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 that don't matter. Men hear you for like the first couple of minutes. And the reason they'll shut that, men shut that shit down. They've been trained to do that from their moms. When soon as the moms start fussing because they didn't take the trash out, they hear the moms say, you didn't take the trash out, blah, 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 blah. They shut it down. The mom could go on for 20 minutes. So they've been shutting down, yipping, yapping, screaming ass women their whole lives. You're not finna make a difference. I don't care, hit them, get in front of their face, knock their hat off, throw the PlayStation, whatever they thing is. They still don't hear you, that shit don't mean nothing to them. They shut that shit down. So 
you have to figure out the best thing for you. If your partner decides to be with somebody outside of you, that's their decision and there's nothing wrong with that. You have to decide what's going to be the best thing for you. If you're like, I don't like this, I'm going, I'm out of here. Then you don't like it and you're out of it. Because remember, you can't change people. They have to want to change on them, their own. And it's not going to go away. If a man cheats once, he's probably going to cheat again. It may not even be with the same person. It could be with a different person every week. It could be with nobody. It could just, that's who they are. People are who they are. You can't change them because you want them to be somebody else. And that's the, you have to respect who they are in that space. So, we have to make sure that we pay very much close attention to who we are in a relationship. The other person, it's yummy and good to have them, but if they're not bringing you pleasure or they're causing you pause or they are upsetting you or you feel mistreated or you feel ill-used, that's on you to get the hell out of a relationship. Don't expect them to change and to give a fuck about how you feeling because if they're selfish as hell, Anyway, that's who they're going to be. They're not going to change up because you're unhappy. They're going to try to do it smoother and better the next time. So if you don't like it, you can leave. I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine, her um, husband was in a, caught in a situation. He had was supposed to be somewhere, but he was somewhere else. And she was saying to me, I, well, I, he said he was going to be here and he was at this hotel and I know he was with a woman. And, you know, so she's giving me the whole rundown and I'm sitting there listening to her. And I said, what you going to do? You're going to leave. And she stopped and looked at me. I said, are you going to leave? I mean, her husband was making like a million dollars a year. Like, bitch, you're going to leave. Like what are you going to, I said, are you going to leave? And she just said, no. I said, then fuck it. You're not going to leave. I said, so you have to let him know in no uncertain terms that you know. Not argue, fuss, yip, yep. I said, you go to him and say, hey, I saw blah, blah, blah. It made me uncomfortable. And I no longer feel like I can trust you with me in this marriage. I said, and don't say shit else after that. I said, I guarantee you, you won't be in that situation again. The one thing men don't want is to feel, to think that you don't think you, they can take care of you. Men who love you, men who've chosen to be with you, not the ones you've chosen and trying to drag them into relationships, the ones who have chosen to be with you want you to know they can take care of you. That's the beauty of men. Men want to want you to know they got you. So when they feel like you don't trust them to take care of them, to take care of you, oh, they switch that shit up quick because they're not interested in feeling like I don't need her to think that I can't take care of her. This is mine. This is my woman. Whether I did this or not had nothing to do with her. I need her to know I got her. And that was that. That was last conversation we had. She and I even talked about it. Because remember, I don't have any mercy. So you can't keep talking to me about the same thing over and over. That's my rule of three. First time I listen. Second time I got a solution. Third time I want to know what you did with the solution. After that, fuck it. You can't talk to me about it no more. I don't have no mercy. You got to be ready to fix it. You got to be ready to fix it. But you don't get to drag me, pull me into it over and over. So if you know you're going to stay in a relationship where your husband or wife and I'm, I'm going to say husband and wife, because sometimes people in these boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, 
they just assume these roles. Don't nobody really want him. She's saying he's my boyfriend, trying to drag him into this. He going along with it because it's convenient. She got a nice place to live. She have food at her house. She got her lights on. She got TV and Wi-Fi. So he'll go along with it, you know. But when you have a commitment to somebody and you want to stay, regardless if this person has stepped outside or chosen to do something to satisfy their carnal moment, if you're going to stay, then you're going to stay and you're not going to bitch about it every day. You're going to let it be known. I noticed some bullshit. And then you have to decide. You let that go. You already know then that he has established that you too can go out or she has established that you too can go out and share intimately with somebody else. And there's an understanding in the relationship that that's not a problem. Men establish the roles, the boundaries within the relationship. So if a man decides it, this is what we're going to do, whether it's coming in late at night, if a man come in at two, that means you can come in at two. If a man sits on his phone late at night talking in the kitchen in hushed tones, then you can do the same thing too. When men realize that you understand the power that they have in a relationship and establishing these roles and guidelines, they'll very quickly shift them to accommodate something that they would prefer from their wife. That's the leadership. That's the men setting the guidelines and being the leaders and you following, they understand that. It's not a double standard. It's not a, I can do it, but you can't, you know, all that comes with respect, um, being, having respect within the relationship. So don't get caught up when people are having these conversations about cheating and blah, blah, blah. Don't get caught up. That shit is basic. It's ba And relationships are so much more than that. Like, oh, you think of it like this. You think you don't want your partner to cheat on you, but do you want to put an enema in your partner's poop in their bottom when they can't poop because they're so sick or they had to have surgery or you got to wipe them? Think about shit like, like, what does it mean to take care of this person? It's not just the sex. And when we get lost in that sex space and screaming and crying and all this, it's a waste of fucking time. You might as well leave that relationship. I'm telling you what. I please don't nobody ever come to me talking about me being with a husband or I done been with a husband or they boyfriend. Please don't even come to me and please don't even go to a woman, another woman talking about they that's a waste of fucking time. And that's a person who's lost trying to figure something out. Ain't nobody getting caught up in that shit. I, my first question in when I was dating, people would call me. I know you seeing my husband. My question is, who is your husband? Shit, I don't even know. I'm single. Like, it could be any damn body. You know, it's got to be somebody's trying to make a big deal out of me seeing their husband, and I don't even know who the fuck they talk about. That lets you know how people are in their minds, seeking and searching, trying to get some understanding, not wanting to accept the responsibility that if they're going to do something or if they want something different, they're responsible for getting something different. They're responsible for doing something different. Nobody's going to do it for you. That's the only way that you get free. That's the only way you get on your path. That's the only way you get to being of your purpose. When you understand your steps are your steps and not sitting up waiting for somebody to move you or you to drag somebody into this space and you're still miserable dragging them in the damn space. 
you are responsible for you. You're responsible for your movements and getting to your path, getting on your path to being of purpose. So, you know, this is, that's what I wanted to, my main thing I wanted to talk about tonight because we get so lost in other people, trying to control other people, trying to make people do the things that we want. I have honestly known some great guys. I've known some great guys and I've learned a lot from the guys I because I study them. I've learned a lot from men. I've learned a lot from women. But when you look at men and the way that they operate and you listen to the words that they say, not the stuff that you force on them that you hope they'll say, you listen to the words that they say. When you belong to them, they will tell you that. When you say you belong to them and you start doing things, they'll receive it. But it doesn't mean that they that's what they've chosen. It means they're going along with it because it's convenient and they're gaining pleasure out of it. So we've got to pay more attention to the words that are coming out of somebody's mouth. And we've got to wait for men to come for us. We've got we've to put ourselves in a position for men to say to us what they want from us and not for us to just give it to them. Because when we give it, then we get stuck in it because we feel like you've done this. I've done this and I've done this and we've been together for this long and we've been out to eat and he spent the night and I spent the night and we did this and this and this and this. You built women build up this whole big thing of what it is with the men and the men can walk away from that shit and be like, hey, you spent three months with a motherfucker and be like, oh, my girlfriend in town this weekend. So I'll get with you when she leaves. <laughs> Then a oh, bitch mad like your girlfriend. Then you wanted your feelings to be hurt. But he's not said anything to you the whole time to make you think that you were the girlfriend. That's the our mind putting these roles and ideas on what we want from the men instead of allowing them to tell us and to take us and to come for us. Right? We gonna take the lead on it. We'll stop taking the fucking lead. It's exhausting and it's disappointing. It is. Men, men are men. When they want it, they'll get it. So, you know, guys and people always talk about shooting your shot and blah, blah, blah. Man, please. Don't get caught up in that shit. You shoot your shot at 100 motherfuckers. Let me tell you how this works. A woman shoot her shot at 100 motherfuckers. 100 motherfuckers will bite. 100 of them, guess how many they gonna shoot their shot at? Two? Maybe. That means they're choosing, they're being more discerning at who they shoot their shot at. Woman just take out her motherfucking gun and hope, brrr, shoot them down. Every one of them. <laughs> that's how we do. But that's because we're capable of all. We feel like we're capable of all of them. But they know who they're capable of. And then we're disappointed when we've done that. And they don't measure up or they're lacking or they don't have. So, you know. You don't want somebody to step out on you or to share intimately with somebody else. That's not up for you to decide for them. They got to decide it on their own. You have to decide what it is you're going to do. So it's Wednesday, March 11th. Happy hump day. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Remember, when Joy's exposed, everything just feels better. You can download any past episode from iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Google Play. I think I said Google Play. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I'll see you guys next week. Mwah. Bye.